So as the first round of the talks on the first three uncharacteristics, the, the opposite of the three characteristics, was stability. And now that you have been working and developing a lot of stability in your practice, in your sitting and walking practice, now we're going to change pace and now start about the three characteristics themselves. So the first one that we'll delve into today is impermanence or instability. Anicca. The Pali word anicca literally means inconstant. And it's a synthesis of two separate words, nicca and a. And nicca refers to the concept of continuity or permanence. And anicca refers to its exact opposite, the absence of permanence and continuity. So by now you have basically basically got a hang of the instructions that you you've been developing stability to 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 open up to be with with emotions for example to be with mind states and I do want to repeat that because beginners who come to this practice um, think that the point of practice is to empty your mind the point of meditation is to to completely empty your mind and have no thoughts. I was recently teaching a uh, retreat, actually a few weeks ago, at the Garrison Institute in the East Coast for lawyers. <coughs> it was a four-day retreat, and most of the participants, the, the, the yogis, were new to practice. And and many of them sort of expected, and, and, and they were saying that they thought they had to empty their mind and get rid of thoughts and be blissful and happy and... And so the message that we're really trying to clarify was, well, you develop stability in order to open up and be with everything, everything, the whole enchilada of this life, of this mind, um, the beauty, the awe, the fragility, the fury, the sadness, the craziness, the, the full catastrophe, as John Kabat-Zinn likes to say. And I like to bring that up again because we develop the stability to open up to impermanence, to this flow, constant flow of impermanence that is our lives, that we are in the midst of. Suzuki Roshi the author of the seminal book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, was asked by one of his students, one of his students said that, I've been listening to your lectures for years and I still don't understand. Can you please express Buddhism in a nutshell? So 
So this might be one of you, I hope, well, I hope not in 20 years or so when I'm not a junior teacher and like, well, I've been listening to your talks for a long time and could you, could you explain it in a nutshell? So, so I have an answer ready for you from Suzuki Roshi. His answer was, everything changes. Everything changes. In a nutshell, everything changes. In a way, it's, it's a simple, obvious statement. It's almost the mind wants to go, duh, yeah, sure, everything changes. But, but do we really see the change? Do we really accept it? Do we really make pe peace with it? And that's where the crux of the prax practice lies. So it's all around us. It's easy to see on different scales, different levels. It's, we can see impermanence on geological level, places where there were oceans on this planet. Now there are deserts and, and there are mountains that were pushed up by the force of nature. Um, the Grand Canyon, I love going hiking and backpacking and, and being in the Grand Canyon. Um, it was a very, very different landscape. And over the six million years, six million short years, the, the river has carved the Grand Canyon. Um, I also like to contemplate, or actually it just comes up for me when I go hiking in the redwoods and the majestic redwoods in California, they're, um, the average age is about four to 500 years old. So I feel really, really young when I'm next to them. And some of them are 2,000 years old. And they are also babies compared to bristlecone pines, which you can find in, in Northern California also. And those trees um, are 5,000 years old. So when I'm hiking in the woods, I, I feel like my life is a blip just a complete blip on the cosmic landscape. We see impermanence in the seasons, in the days, in the nights, in the passing, the changes of the weather. This morning was nice and cool and and a little um, um, moist outside, and now it's warmed up, and it's going to change again, and it changes again. So the landscape outside changes, and we we also see that when we when we obviously read about history. Um, a few years ago, I went to uh, Cambodia, where um, the Khmer Empire from the 9th to the 15th century had created this beautiful Angkor Wat, this, this beautiful um, citadel city, which is just magnificent. Um, and the civilization must have been so powerful and so wealthy to have had so many amazing artisans to create such 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 amazing wealth of artwork and 
current day Cambodia is a developing country. So such impermanence, such change. What's going to happen to our Western, to, to the skyscrapers, to New York City, to this Western, to this American civilization that at some point has had hegemony over the world? Impermanence. Come back a couple hundred years, who knows? Change. Things to contemplate. We contemplate, we can contemplate impermanence in our lives, in our own lives, chapters of our lives. We've had different chapters as children, growing up, adolescents, early adults, etc., later adults, different people who have come and walked out of our lives. Perhaps we've lost people we've cared about, impermanence. Impermanence of our bodies change. Our bodies change every day, whether or not we like it. We can see impermanence in our minds, clearly, in our moods. So many changes over the whole day, just in your mind. Have a, just catalog for a moment the number of moods and emotions you've had just today. Do you feel the same way you woke up? You you felt you when you woke up this morning, before lunch, after lunch. Just change, change doesn't stay the same. In some ways, perhaps, change is so prevalent that we just take it for granted. We don't even contemplate it. There is change every moment, moment to moment change. And on on the basic level of our existence, there is change. So on the subatomic level, it takes about 150 attoseconds for an electron to circle the nucleus of an atom. Okay, what's an attosecond? An attosecond is to a second um, what a second is to the age of it, of the universe. <laughs> I repeat that, an attosecond to a second is what a second is to the age of the universe. So change is happening at such rapid speed in our bodies. Our bodies are made of atoms. It, this is, we are change. The world is changing. It's just moving so fast we can't even get our head around it. It's just change all around us. So some change is easier to see than others. And when we do have stability, 
in our mind, when our minds can be stable, we can open up to the instability, we can open up to change to the impermanence on more detailed level. And deeper insights come in their own time when we open our practice to it. So it's not about forcing our minds to 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 see impermanence, but opening up to it. And I'll talk more about practices in the later part of the talk. So, so one question I want to put forth now is when conditions change, when there is change, what is our relationship to it? Because in, in, in our practice, as, as Gil was talking about, the other day, it's not just the object, but how we hold the object of the mind. What's our relationship to it? Okay, so there's change. How do we relate to it? Do we welcome change? Do we want it? Do we not want it? Well, it depends, right? It depends what kind of a change it is in our life. So if it's something that was good and now it has changed to something we consider bad, we usually don't like it. We're usually upset by it. Maybe we blame ourselves. Oh, if I, if I had just held it together, if I had done this, if I had done that, this wouldn't have changed, this wouldn't have happened. It's my fault. Or maybe we blame others. It's other person's fault. If they hadn't done this, this wouldn't have changed. Or maybe you just blame the universe. This shouldn't be happening, this is wrong. Change shouldn't be happening. This is a mistake. It's not a mistake. Change happens. It's as if we hold ourselves responsible for the truth of impermanence. We're personally responsible for things changing. It's our fault that things aren't constant in this world in every way. We don't want change in our bodies. Sometimes in our minds, we don't want to age. We don't want to die. We don't want people that we care about to die. We don't want to be separated from people and, and things that we like. This, this kind of suffering is also called rope burn, as in when there is rope that is moving and we're holding onto the rope and the rope is moving so fast in our hands that our hands get hurt rope burn so we're trying to hold on so tight to changing phenomena and we get a rope burn so in this way there is a relationship between anicca impermanence and dukkha suffering and satisfactoriness the two these two truths are related to each other in more ways than one, and this is one of them. So, we also have an attitude about change that sometimes we want change. We want impermanence to be on our side when things are not going well. Like, say, we get sick, we get a cold, and okay, change. When is it going to be over? Change. 
we want impermanence to be on our side. We want it to be in our own terms. We want impermanence to be the way we want it. When we see impermanence and change for what it is, and we open to it and we accept it, our hearts and minds relax. We let go. Our mind loosens and it relaxes its habit of clinging. because it becomes clear that there is no point to cling. It doesn't make sense. It's changing. What are we holding on to? We're actually living in the midst of change. We're our experience is like a river of change. Everything, everything changes all the time, every moment, if we pay attention on a moment to moment basis. The same way that the river flows, and if you're looking at a river, it feels like there's a river, there's this constancy of a river, but the droplets of water are different every every at a second. <laughs> okay, every second. <laughs> and that's, that's our experience. That's our lived experience. It's, it's a flow. It's a river of change every moment, every mind moment. But it's, it has this, this semblance of constancy. For example, when we walk, it's, it's a flow of change, it's a flow of movement, it's a flow of sensations and movements, etc., etc. And there are many different ways to actually in practice try to see this change. The Buddha actually gave instructions very simply. In seeing impermanence, the mind doesn't cling. When the mind doesn't cling, it's not agitated. When it's not agitated, it personally attains Nibbana. And this is not an abstraction or, or a description. It's actually an instruction. And I'll talk about how I actually work with this as an instruction. So when you are walking, when you're taking a step and in the flow of experience, seeing the impermanence, when you're experiencing this flow, this flow of impermanence, or 
say your you bring your attention to your breath the beginning of the breath the end of the breath the flow of experience all the sensations of the experience the changing nature that it changes all the time it's not the breath is not a fixed thing it's just change it's constant change every second or a sound when you hear a sound hearing it arise and pass away check the quality of your mind in the midst of seeing change in the midst of seeing impermanence this flow of experience things coming and going check the quality of your mind and see if your mind is clinging or not and when you notice that it's not clinging you notice that it's not agitated and in that moment your mind is at peace it has achieved momentary nibbana So I repeat the the basic instructions of the Buddha in seeing impermanence the mind doesn't cling when the mind doesn't cling it's not agitated when it's not agitated it personally attains nibbana you can see this with sounds with breath with also liking and disliking with things that are pleasurable when you're eating and noticing that that positive that pleasant that pleasant vedana of, of pleasant pleasant enjoying seeing it arise and pass away you can see that you can notice it with pain sensations of pain when you're walking when you're moving so again when you're in the flow of this when you're seeing the flow of experience clearly as pixelated as as movements as as change as constant change the mind doesn't cling there's nothing to cling to it's just change the mind sees the mind sees with with wisdom there is there is nothing to hang on to it is change there's nothing in change to 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 put it you know for the mind to to put its hat on to hang its hat on there's nothing the mind sees that and it doesn't cling it softens it lets go and that mind is not agitated and is at peace try this for yourself check it out when the mind is at a place where it is is very stable and has the concentration to see impermanence and change everywhere it just naturally becomes disenchanted 
It just happens naturally. It's not something to force. It's not a project that we take on as good Buddhists. You've probably heard this word disenchantment. It's not a project to take on. Like, okay, in order to be a good Buddhist, I need to be disenchanted with the world. No, please don't try that at home. No. It's that the mind just sees when it sees impermanence everywhere. It's like, yeah, you know. It's just naturally, it, it, it's, it's a disenchantment that is filled with ease. It's not forced. <sighs> it's like the mind exhaling. This enchantment and, and especially impermanence also is not to be wielded as a weapon f for spiritual bypass. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just impermanent. Oh, nothing matters. Uh, it's not a very productive way of, of seeing and working with the truth of impermanence. One way to think about it is when you go to the movies and you're watching a movie, on some level you are involved with the story as you should be. You know, it's a movie, it's an interesting story. And, and, and on another level, you know nothing is really happening up there. People are not really falling in love, they're not really dying, nothing is really happening. These are pixel, pixels of light that are just moving. So there are, two, there are two different levels in the movie house, and there are two different levels in our lives. There's the story, there's our personal story, and, and we have that, and it matters. And at the same time, when we see, when we have insight in a different level, it's just a flow of change. It's just a flow of change. It's okay. It all changes. There's nothing to hold on to, and it's okay. We're part of this, this vast field of change called our lives and everybody else's lives as we're interconnected to them. We come, we go, it all changes. It's just all part of what's called life. It's okay. Nothing to hang on to, no problem. You can also work with the instructions the other way around. That is, when you see that your mind is agitated, there's a feedback that there must be some clinging. And you can ask yourself, what am I clinging to? Just simple inquiry. There's agitation in the mind or there's suffering, and usually suffering points to agitation. There's some suffering, points to agitation, and then you can ask, what am I clinging to? Where is the clinging? And that can directly point you to where the clinging is. I've practiced with that a lot. 
and just go about your day and and basically it seems like you have clear pointers to where you're clinging you just notice where there's unease where there's suffering where there's agitation then ah there's a big pointer to where you're clinging it's very easy to see Contemplating impermanence can jolt us out of our habitual patterns. And one of the contemplations of impermanence is our own impermanence. The fact that everyone in this room will be gone in a hundred years. None of us will be here. Not a single person. And every day, every moment, our lives are getting shorter. Every moment. In the Hindu epic, Mahabharata, which is a legend, there is a wise man, Yudhisthira, and he is asked, what is the most amazing thing in all of life? And Yudhisthira answers, that a man seeing others die all around him never thinks he will die. part of the five daily reflections the first three deal with the truth of impermanence what is subject to old age grows old I am not exempt what is subject to illness becomes ill I am not exempt what is subject to death dies, I am not exempt. I am not exempt. It's a wonderful refrain to repeat to ourselves. I am not exempt. I am not exempt. But somehow we think we are exempt. We're the only person who's exempt and this shouldn't be happening and it takes time to come to peace with things so years ago I was bitten by a tick which happened to have Lyme so I got Lyme disease my body changed I became quite ill for a long time I am not exempt I thought I was. I was healthy, I was camping, backpacking everywhere, and then I was bedridden, homebound. I am not exempt. We're not exempt from anything. 
What is surprising is that we find change surprising. And we want change to be, we want anicca to be to our benefit. So some people might find or might think that contemplating change, impermanence, contemplating aging, illness, death, oh, it's all so morbid, these Buddhists, oh God. But really, it's reflecting on what is true. I mean, not reflecting on, on these truths. It's, it's like closing our ears. La, 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 I'm not listening. It's not happening. It's the truth of life. It's, in, it's, it's all around us. We can't live fully and be fully at ease and at peace with, with living and being in this world. We can't really... Um, be completely human if we don't open up to what is the inevitable. The Dharma literally means truth of how things are, and the truth of how things are is this body ages, it gets sick, and it dies. And when we make peace with that, we cling less we are more at ease with change. We don't fight it so much. We don't get rope burn. Because we've made peace with it. Of course I will die. Everything that I love will be separated from me. It gives a different perspective. And that perspective is actually very, very helpful for living our lives. And this is a reflection that I've done, and I invite you to do it with me again. So if you would close your eyes for a moment. And Imagine yourself on your deathbed. I mean, there's so many different ways we can die, but for the purpose of this exercise, we're going to give each one a deathbed. You're lying on your deathbed at the end of your life. You're looking back at your life. What would you have wanted to do in your life? What is of value? What really matters? What do you wish you had done? 
What is the most valuable thing you could have done? Contemplations like this are important to do now when we're not lying on our deathbed so that we can reassess our priorities, what is important. What is of value? Impermanence will come. There is no doubt about it. And when we contemplate impermanence, our own impermanence, the impermanence of everything, the mind softens. It loosens its grip. The only thing that makes sense is care and loving kindness instead of attachment. The contemplation of impermanence reorients us. We realize that we are part of a passing show. Our whole life, the whole movie, is part of a passing show. So in the suttas, there are many examples of cases where the Buddha gives a teaching, says a line, and many, many people get enlightened. So here's a line, here's your chance. (laughs) Whatever has the nature to arise also passes away. Whatever has the nature to arise also passes away. It's simple, but it's profound. Everything, everything in our body, 
everything in our mind, everything in our world, from civilizations, continents, people we care about, our experience, our strong emotions, our grudges, our upsets, Whatever has the nature to arise also passes away. Let's just sit here together for a few minutes. What is subject to old age grows old. I am not exempt. What is subject to illness becomes ill. I am not exempt. What is subject to death dies. I am not exempt. Thank you for your kind attention.